I went to get my nails done. And as I was sitting in the manicures, um office, I'm going to call it an office, there was a girl was there and they were having a conversation. And from the conversation, it then came out that she actually gets beaten by her boyfriend. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another uh, the Africa Asia podcast. It's very nice to be back. And tonight I'm with Chido. It's our first podcast for the year 2022, so it's very interesting. And we start off with an interesting topic. Uh, I will let Chido say hi, and then we we'll get started. Hi, everyone. Uh, happy 2022. That's the first time I am dialing in for the year, and I'm so excited to be back after such a very long break. And I can't wait to see what we have in store this, this year as Africa Aisha. Back to you, Christian. Okay, so the topic for tonight, uh, yeah, we, we are recording this on a Sunday night, the 31st of January, um, is about a very interesting topic uh, that has featured a lot um, on Kenyan Twitter this week. It's about domestic violence. The, the focus was on Kenya, but then uh, got me thinking about like, what the situation is like in most African countries. So the story was run by BBC Africa, and it was an investigation that was done um, within Kenya. Uh, so, and this was done in 2020 and part of 2021. And uh, because of the lockdowns with COVID, uh, most people now could not leave home. That meant that there was an increase of domestic violence world over. That has been the case. I mean, uh, even different countries have done different surveys and found that to have been the case. But in Kenya, it was a bit, uh, you know, like what was reported was a bit staggering, if I would use that word, because it was a case that was so ruthless. I mean, it was so cruel that uh, the lady was describing uh, in the story and um, speaking about how, uh, one thing led to the other, and the child in the home was murdered in the process of this uh, domestic violence. And then uh, this has been going on, and now what has happened is that uh, the person who was involved in the domestic violence, who at least was the perpetrator of it, uh, has since been taken into custody uh, for murder, for murder of the child, and now criminal proceedings are now ongoing, you know, and all the criminal procedures, because you see, the charge was murder. But there is domestic violence, which, of course, it could be uh, bodily assault. Uh, but in this case, it was even that there was murder of another person. And I think to just clarify, I'm an advocate of the High Court of Kenya, so a bit of information uh, that I sh I'm sharing about, like the laws, the criminal procedures, and such kind of information is out of knowledge. Um, although I don't practice in the area, but it's uh, out of knowledge uh, on the subject. So Chido, anyway, that got me thinking, uh, this, is, this, this was a very, very sad situation. And that was just one of the stories. Uh, in, in honesty, I could not even watch the entire of the report, the investigation report, because it just, it just really uh, was disturbing to say the least about it. And uh, the, the thing about uh, such cases of domestic violence, I would say this is the one that has been reported, but of course, it's, it's rampant. 
it's it's a very common thing and i would say human beings being human beings and that's why I'm, i'm saying it's not just a kenyan situation but it's a situation world over but i think uh as i'll let chido give her first remarks but in my considered view the situation is a bit difficult to deal with in the african context and in the african homes and i'm speaking this at least from an understanding of most most african cultures and homes uh well whether i'm kenyan or ugandan or nigerian there are some things that are very common and i'll get much into it but i'll let chido give her opening remarks chido um thank you christine so before i start i just want to say that's a very sad situation that happened and my condolences to the family and the kenyan society at large because i don't think people or anyone deserves to go through that so i think for me i'm going to uh, my response is going to be based on two things right my experience in south africa uh having stayed there for the greater part of the lockdown especially the hard lockdown and also what i have observed in zim or what i've heard and like you said being a lawyer you then also become privy to certain information that might not necessarily be available to the public um but what i can say without a shadow of doubt is that domestic violence cases went up they skyrocketed i think that's the the exact word uh during the covid-19 pandemic especially during the days of the hard lockdown because people then had to spend so much time together at home and the sad reality is most of the people that are married today they don't even like each other they they it, it we, we i think we need to understand this from the perspective of how did people get married how do people get married so in zim right now there is um there is a wave what they are calling the the lobola phase seems as if everybody all in sandra is getting married two months into a relationship people get married still in infatuation phase right and because we are such a busy society everybody's out and about trying to make ends meet people had now spend time together as family you probably see each other on a saturday evening upright until monday morning and then everybody else goes their separate ways because we're all out there looking for green pastures but what then so you realize that people get to 10 years of marriage without actually knowing each other that well because they don't spend enough time to but with the hard lockdown now because movement was restricted nobody was going to work unless you're an essential service service provider people had to spend all their time at home with each other and that's when they realized they don't like each other that's when they realized that you know you've been married to an abusive par- uh, partner for 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 a very long time in south africa part of the reason why they had to try by all means to see if they can procure vaccinations quicker and in time and a lot to do with the fact that hospitals were now being congested not only with covid-19 patients but the trauma centers themselves were so congested people were coming in stabbed almost to death the mortuaries were full 
because people were killing each other during the, the hard lockdown and it was always gender-based violence there are a lot of girls uh, who who died because they were killed by their partners they were killed by their boyfriends they were killed by their lovers or whatever it was just chaotic to an extent that the president himself had to constantly talk about uh, gender-based violence and domestic violence within the COVID-19 period. And then you come to Zim, a lot of crazy stories actually happened. I've heard stories of men who had to set the house on fire and killing the whole family. We have had uh, stories of, you know, especially the death of infants. Infants have been dying as a result of domestic violence in their homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think the fact that people were in lockdown and not moving, the movement was restricted, had a lot to do with why the cases actually went up. So the point I'm making, Christine, is it's, it's not a Kenyan outcry. It's actually a public outcry right now that from the moment that COVID-19 started, it's like it set domestic fire ablaze and people were just on a frolic of their own. People became untamed. That's the thing. Okay, uh, Chido, thanks for those remarks. And I think whenever we speak about like post-COVID recovery and uh, have discussions about, uh, you know, situations that could change in the future to deal with such an instance where there's like a total lockdown, I think this is one of the areas that needs a bit more thought. Because as you, as you said, one of the reasons why hospitals were overwhelmed was not only just because of COVID, but because of this um, violence in the home. And again, uh, a post-COVID recovery way for the society would also be to address these issues. Because as I can imagine, these are stories that we are hearing and the society is reacting and saying, how did this happen? How is it that kids were murdered uh, in such incidents. But then uh, I think in my view is that being like the society, uh, like the Kenyan society, because I live in Kenya, is that how I would phrase this is that we, you cannot compare like the development level that Kenya, for instance, is in to South Africa or to Europe or to US. And as a result, uh, things like, you know, shelters for domestic violence cases do not even exist. One, because of the funding. Uh, if you're going to provide some of such things, you'd either need funding, which would be either that you're a governmental based organization, or definitely uh, it will cost money because you're running to just help people who are coming in. And that being the case is that when there's like such violence, most times someone has nowhere to go. What will happen is that um, such violence is perpetrated against a person and the options you have, you either go back to your parents if you're lucky and uh, to have them uh, still alive and they will accept you or that going back home is not worse abuse than just staying where you are. So that now there's no escape. And I'm saying this in view of like the US where like their domestic uh, violence shelter so that uh, abused people can quick you can literally just escape with just your life and your kids' lives and just go go to the domestic shelter. And it, it's all roses, but at least you have an option and a breather, a place where you can run to. And, but then also, m more than that, uh, which I'm blaming on that, uh, or not blaming, but highlighting there is lack of, uh, I think, funds 
or lack of development to a state where we think there's some uh, rights or privileges that people really need uh, that the government or I don't know the civil society or the private citizens could work towards but then also the other thing is that the setting also within the Kenyan society which I think is a repeat in most African countries is that people tend to deal with such issues as a family issue one because it goes to like the dowry payment uh, like Chido, what you just said, like uh, in Zim, it seems to be the, what is happening. And now you, you, you know, like think once someone, uh, you paid the diary for them, you know, like we should just go sit down and try and resolve this thing, you know, like in that traditional setting way. It's great. It's perfect. You can do that. But sometimes, you see, when it's something, things like such violence, I think that it, it's not at that level that you just say, you know, as a family, we will go and sit and warn you. Because, you see, someone has been beaten, cut, stabbed. Someone is dead. So I think uh, that's the other thing, especially with that culture, where you think, you know what, you can bring us two goats and say that you're sorry, and then uh, you can take back uh, the, the abused person. And uh, gender violence actually goes both ways. It could even be uh, the lady in the home that is abusive and could be, I don't know, woman of abuse doesn't have to be physical, could be emotional, could be spiritual, that, that's contributing to it. But in most instances, at least what I see in the society where I live in is that women are very much abused, uh, especially in such situations. And the worst thing is that you can just go, uh, they, they can run away and maybe go back home to their parents' home. And then the man, after some time, uh, will just wake up and maybe take two cows. And then you're like, okay, fine, just reconcile. You know, you have to like make ends meet and you have kids anyway. Uh, so just go back. And I'm not blaming anyone who does that, especially maybe if you're in a situation where your parents are not able to support you or maybe the family that you're in. But point is that such a, um, a view where no one sits and actually speaks about it and says no, uh, these cows, no, like you actually can bring the cow, fine, if the person wants the cow, but you need to understand that it's not okay to do this, you know, like just speak about it, not as if it's an exchange where you apologize uh, by giving us something and we, and it's a buyback. Really, that transactional thing for me, I just think is one of the things that just keeps it going on and on. Should I don't know what your thoughts are. Thank you, Christine. I just wanted to play... Uh, the devil's advocate a little bit and say that, you know, I think we need to sort of move away from this narrative of, um, you know, women are always the victim, mainly because we are now living in a society where men are also being grossly violated and are not coming out in the open because society is not very, how can I say, welcoming to them, right? So, you know, it was so sad that um, you would hear of men who are being abused but not coming to the courts, not reporting to the police, being beaten by their wives, you know, hot water poured, uh, boiling oil. And you'd always then get to hear of that abuse when the, has, when the guy dies, either he dies in one of these bros or whatever. I remember there was a time in Zim where um, this other person decided to do, um, it, it, it was 
they went around uh, Zim prisons interviewing women, the, the female prisons interviewing women and writing the stories, right? Uh, well, the story was trying to point to the conditions, the living conditions in Zimbabwean prisons. But what I picked from the book, Christian, was that women are the most scary abusers to ever exist. Because when they start abusing, they go an extra mile. They go all out. Most of the women who were interviewed, surprisingly, they were serving sentences for murder. Having killed their husband, husbands, uh, after, after times and periods of prolonged abuse. So at that point, either somebody had to pour hot water on their husband and the husband died. In another case, she poured hot oil into the husband's eardrum. And then he died. You know, so those stories, if then a person doesn't die and somebody has to be dragged to court because there's a murder case, if that doesn't happen like that, those cases go unspoken of because men generally cannot come out in the open and say, I'm being emotionally abused, I'm being physically abused, I'm being sexually abused because society frowns upon that. Society is not giving them room enough to come out in the open. And I remember very well having a conversation with another male friend saying i'm raising a male child in my own house my young brother how do i have a conversation with him about abuse not not because the the, the narrative is, is changed drastically not trying to caution him and, and discipline him and warn him not to be an abuser but also for him to be able to speak up if and when he gets abused it's, it's, it's becoming quite, and I think even if you follow what's happening on Twitter, there is so much, you know, uh, glory in being a toxic girlfriend. But what we don't understand is that toxicity, in a way, is a form of abuse. That should not go unchecked and unspoken of, unreported. You, you get how it is. So I think when we then are having this conversation on abuse, we might want to also factor in the fact, the, 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 the fact that men are also becoming victims and it's becoming so scary, right? Let me give you another perspective. Christine, do you know that most of the people who were being, not, not all, I'm not condoning abuse or whatever, but I'm saying some of the people uh, who were being, uh, who were being harassed and all that had a lot to do with infidelity. You should check the statistics, adultery statistics, women decided to go on a frolic of their own, getting into extramarital affairs and being caught. It got to, if, if you check even on social media, it gets to a point where in your society, probably three women are caught on a weekly basis. And then, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there was a story that was trending here. This lady got married recently, two months down the line, found caught cheating by the husband. Uh, the husband decided not to beat anyone, but posted it on social media, both pictures of the girl, of the wimp, of the woman and the uh, and the guy naked. She then committed suicide. But then, you know, when if she had been beaten by that husband, it would have still be, it, it, it would have gone down as domestic violence. So I think we need to address. So I, I think as at the end of the day, we actually need to address the root cause of this issue which comes again to how people are getting married and why people are getting married in the first place 
Because some of these challenges, I feel they could have been remedied if people would actually take their time before they just jump in because of peer pressure. Because you remember when we were talking about the stereotypes and, and all these other issues that happen in an African society, whereby everybody thinks that when you get to 20, you should be, you should be married, you should be having kids. That's when you end up finding yourself in a situation that is necessarily not uh, desirable because you just had to for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Chido, these are very interesting comments you've made there. Uh, and yeah, I'd said it before that I agree, women can be equally abusive. And I think, especially for women, it, it, the problem sometimes, it may not get physical uh, always, especially because, you know, you can be beaten up easily. Uh, and so you have other ways of abusing. And it, could be emotional, could be spiritual. I mean, uh, women have perfected the art uh, over the years. Uh, it's not even when you're being abused physically, you've found a way of just working around it. So, yeah, I agree that women can be equally abusive. But I think the situation, though, is that it's a, it's a reality that I think not much is spoken about. And from a perspective of, like, this is abuse and we need to deal with it, whether you're, I think whether you're caught cheating and uh, your husband or your wife finds you, it should not end up in murder or in suicide. It should not end up that uh, the person kills themselves or I don't know, uh, something happened to them. Because, you see, that's why you could divorce them, you know. But I think also... Before you go any further, I just wanted to say, it's so easy to rationalize some of these solutions when you're not in the situation, right? We are not married, right? We are two unmarried people who are having a discussion. It's very easy for us to rationalize situations and say, you know what, if I catch my partner cheating, I'm going to divorce them. But right in that moment where pressure is being applied like that, I I don't think that rationality can be something that people do have. Yes, I understand the consequences will be grave and, you know, somebody will probably get murdered and then somebody has to go to jail for the rest of their lives and then if they were kids in the marriage, they have to suffer and be, you know, handed down the family line. But I'm saying that sometimes when you're in a situation, rationality is not something that visits you very promptly. Uh, I now have this way of uh, looking at things. I think maybe it's because the society has become very broken that uh, we now upload people for just being women. I, I, I now believe that, you know, I now understand certain people. You know, most of the villains in our societies, I might not really um, accept what they do. I might not uh, condone what they do or promote it or celebrate it. But I understand. I understand some of those things because I have now taken the stance that probably if I was to be put in that very same situation, I wouldn't have reacted differently. I could have probably reacted worse than they did. You know. So there are those kind of delays in society that you end up just understanding because you almost feel like if you're pushed to the edge, you might actually find yourself there. And that's the same, especially with this whole issue of infidelity and then catching a person red-handed and all that. There's a difference between being told that your partner is cheating and you walking from a, you know, from a long dead work and you walk into your bedroom and you find some random person with your partner right in the middle of doing whatever that they're doing. 
that will probably make you collapse and die, you know. But we always then rationalize it because we have not experienced it. That's my thinking, but you can go on. Okay, Chido, it's rough. And I agree. It's really a rough situation out there. But what I'm saying is that um, it's, it's really bad. And I can't even try to be in the shoes of someone who walks in into such a situation, how devastating it is to them. But what I'm saying is that possibly starting out uh, from speaking about uh, bottled up feelings, uh, making people understand and know in our society that what violence is, uh, how this abuse can goes, goes on for these periods of time, that you have an escape, you can go to this place for help, you can find a shelter here. I think uh, it might somehow not uh, save you from the situation where in the heat of the moment where you want to murder someone, but at least if there is a rational thought that crosses your mind, that I can actually live through this and I will find help in this, other than the fact that now what will happen in this situation is that I'll possibly now have to pack up my bags and just go back to my parents' home and then the person, if I'm lucky, might change their mind. Or I'll find a job and, you know, like, figure it out at some point. And, you know, I'm speaking about this not for a majority of the people, and I've come to realize that, is that they are really not... um well off in terms of uh, economically. They don't, there's a big percentage of people who actually uh, have no means much to even say that I will now go and start from scratch. Because starting from scratch, what does that mean when you be- when you are barely living uh, or <laughs> when you are the scratch at that moment, you know? So uh, that's, that's what I'm saying, possibly just knowing that there's a way out uh, and speaking about these things as they are, and even as I say that, I know with social media and all the many podcasts that exist out there and the information out there that people are speaking and that people are calling these things uh, what they are. People are now possibly being educated more about uh, getting emotional intelligence, getting, you know, like dealing with emotional abuse. Because before it gets to the point where now uh, we are stabbing each other, to just know, you know, that there's a way out of this and or that there there is a way I can work out of this because not all cases, well, I understand that there are cases of domestic violence that have to do with infidelity, but there's cases of domestic violence are just out of, I don't know, disputes on money uh, and other things, you know, jealousy, anger, envy, but most of them, at least uh, what I see, where there are rational people who haven't been provoked, it's normally as a result of consistent abuse that one day just ends up getting out of hand. It's just uh, like a pileup and someone is being pushed to the wall again and again and again until at some point they just snap. So anyway, uh, this is quite an interesting topic. I think uh, anyone listening to this, you could share what you think, what your thoughts are on this and then we could just, you know, um, learn from each other. Uh, But you don't think we'd we are coming towards the close, so if you could make your final remarks on this. Well, this has been quite an interesting conversation. Not very interesting as in the subject matter, but obviously, you know, just getting a platform to talk about it. And I think my closing remarks would be to really emphasize that at no account do I condone violence of any nature. Domestic violence, gender-based violence, I think 
we can always try to find amicable ways of solving our differences. And uh, like you said, that some of it is actually as a result of money. Yeah, people are fighting over finances. People have been killed over pieces of chicken. That's what really fails to... Like, I, I cannot really understand fully the human mind because if you kill a person because they have eaten your piece of chicken and then you beat them up to death that's just i don't know it, it, it borders around insanity and i also think that we as a society need to start warming up towards issue mental health issues depression anxiety you know all these other issues because those are also some of the reasons why people end up taking it up on somebody else, right? So you find a person who's going through depression, they can't even comprehend it, they're not seeking help, they're not being helped by anybody. So they either decide to self-harm or be a harm to other people. So I feel that we need to be very conscious of um, what's going on around us, check ourselves, see if we are mentally okay, if we are in a, in a, in a rightful space. And when we have got disputes, it's actually better to walk away, you know, even if it's in a marriage, walk away and let the person be rather than, you know, getting physical because you never know how, you know, you never know where it gets. And I like the point that you made, Christine, that some of those stories that we end up hearing, it's actually domestic violence gone wrong, meaning to say that it's been happening for a very long time and it just went out of hand in this particular moment. That's how we got to know about it which then makes me feel so scared because there are a lot of people out there who are being um, abused constantly and they're not coming out, they're not talking, they're not doing anything. They're just holding on to, I, I don't know what that is. And I also think we need to put a burden on our governments to make sure that they do have these um, safe shelters, safe havens for people who are being abused. So even if they don't want to go to the police, right? So it, it, I'll tell you that that is a Zimbabwean situation. Women would rather not report um, abuse of any nature because usually the husband is the breadwinner. So if he goes to jail, then they think they are, they are threatened with starvation. So at the end of the day, you find that a person is between a hard place and a rock. And they would rather choose to be killed or be beaten with hopes that they don't get killed someday rather than sending this person to prison because then that would mean the kids won't go to school, they won't eat at that house, and then she, they, she probably doesn't have a job or any qualification to make her, you know, get a job. So another thing, there is a burden to make sure that as societies we empower our women, right? We need to empower women to become self-reliant that even in the case where you know, one is married, they can still be able to bring in something on the on the table such that when there is any um, abuse or violence of any nature that, they are, that that's happening, they can go boldly and report the perpetrator and actually have that person held accountable without the fear of, uh, of, of starvation or whatever. And I think families also need to be very conscious of how they deal with these issues. Because if I'm being beaten by my husband and you tell me to still go back home and... Um, you know, a soldier on, there is a statement that we, that is actually said in Shona Shingirira, you know, soldier on. I, I think it's unfair because you are basically sending a person to their early grave. One day they are going to be killed or they are going to kill their partner. And then everybody's going to react. That will obviously have very bad ripple effects. So I feel like when a person then comes to you, Christian, whoever, your friend, your sister, your aunt, and confides in you that they are being abused, 
I don't think the solution should be go and soldier on, but to actually take steps to make sure that the person is helped and the abuser is held accountable. Again, the, the, the burden still comes to the government. The government, the government of the day, wherever, the governments need to make sure that uh, there are centers for women to go, you know, there are call centers to call 911, whatever that you call it, that people actually get help. Some people might not decide to make their issues public, but privately or Nicodemusly, there should be places that they can go, you know, and, 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 and seek help so that we sort of, you know, come up with solutions to actually make the situation better. Mm. Okay, Chito, those are good comments. And I would like to add that sometimes abuse is it's hidden, masked under some form of control, manipulation, it's emotional. That I think from a personal experience of people who have witnessed being abused consistently, one, actually uh, a lady ended up dying um, and two others are still in such situations, is that they are not even able to realize that this is abuse. That they know they are sad. They know that they don't like being here. They know that they, they feel that, you know, my feelings are not taken into account. They know that this partner that they have is someone who can never, uh, you know, like comfort them or help them in case of like they need any emotional kind of backup, but they still stay there. They stay there embarrassed, shamed. And this partner has come up in such a way that the situation is so manipulated that this person even looks, looks at themselves as the cause of the problem. They are, they are ones always being blamed that if you, if you just don't get it together, this is the reason why we'll break up or this is the reason why we'll divorce you. And that is abuse. Like you just watch what's going on with someone, but they themselves are not able to quite see how abusive it is when all that happens to you is that you're being shamed, you're being embarrassed, and you're being blamed, you're being gaslit. you watching it, you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But the person experiencing it, the society has normalized it. You know, like that man is just always rude and cruel and he, he abuses his wife verbally, but yeah, like let's just go on, you know. So it's it's quite a very uh, bad thing that happens, and it's a topic that is not even enjoyable to speak about in the sense that you know that people suffer from this thing, and it's a reality that we face. Uh, but I like like Chido what you just said that the president of South Africa consistently spoke about it. So hopefully, you know, like other governments, I would like to hear like my. Uh, the president in my country, you know, like stand up and say, you know what, uh, this needs to stop and you have to like maybe have this and this done to help address this. Uh, but uh, it has been hopefully a productive discussion for anyone listening to this. And uh, for now, uh, it's goodbye from us, Chido. I'm not sure if you have anything else to say or goodbye for now. Thank you, Christine. I, I just wanted to tell you a very sad, uh, very sad short story. I went to get my nails done, and as I was sitting in the manicurist's um, office, I'm going to call it an office. There was a girl who was there, and they were having a conversation. And from the conversation, it then came out that she actually gets beaten by her boyfriend. And then I asked her, I was like, "Why are you allowing him to beat you up?" And she, and her response was, "Some." Uh, uh, 
he never beats me up for no reason. I always would have been deserving it because I would have done something to piss him off. And I, I was so, I cringed because I was asking myself that in this modern day, you know, in 2022, there's still a girl out there who believes that she's entitled to being beaten by a boyfriend for doing something, what, whatever that is. I, that then made me realize that we still have a long way to go in making sure that people actually understand their worth and that they're not supposed to be beaten like little kids. Yeah, you know, that's really sad, you know, and that's what I'm saying, that you hear someone saying that they are to blame for the situation they are in. The reason why the man never provides, if let's say in that situation, it's the man who provides, or uh, that the reason why they did not uh, buy the meal is because they annoyed them in the morning. Like, you're not supposed to eat or what. Anyway, this topic, in honesty, for me, I'm just, uh, it just really infuriates me that, first of all, someone even has the courage to even beat their girlfriend. Like, like, why would you do that? Like, even if she did whatever she did, you even as a person, leave alone the girl who thinks she deserves it. You as a fellow human being, what makes you think it's okay to beat another human being? And they are grown up. Like, why would you not just break up with them anyway? She as you can hear. Get, I get very emotional about this. But I think for listeners, sad, uh, but it's the reality we're living in. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And we'll do this again uh, for now. It's goodbye from us. Um, goodbye.